kind of a, a different year, isn't it? 2023 kind of feels new, doesn't it? I mean, I told my wife, I said, I didn't want to stay up till midnight, and then you know how the football game goes. But better yet, I looked at 2023, and what the Lord has been speaking to me this last month about this coming year is one that gets me excited. Because 2023 has got new plans and new adventures because God is still writing and, and leading us through this life and this story. But I'll be honest, when he gave me the uh, next series that we're going to start, if you're online, you probably have already read it. But I'll just go ahead and throw up the slide for you here. It says, let us give in the preparation of his purpose. I was talking to Brother Jim a couple weeks ago, and I was asking him uh, some insights and just saying, yeah, this is what the Lord's kind of given me. And he said, the word give. And I know that everybody's like, we just got through Christmas, right? You're going to say give right now? And I'm like, well, God, you got a sense of humor with me, and you can't always lead me in directions and in different valleys and different places, and I just trust him in these aspects. But to give is not always about money. To give is far much more depth in it. I mean, when we think about it, we were all anticipating 2022 to be over with. We were all ready for 2023. And most of us, when we get ready for a new year, what do we always set in place? A New Year's resolution. How many of you have a New Year's resolution already? I got one hand who's honest. Let me tell you right now, every year I say I'm going to do the exact same thing. You want to know what it is? Lose weight. Lose weight. <laughs> Last year, I achieved my goal. I gained about 30 pounds. But the other thing that I kind of laugh about is I did the research, and you know me, I like to Google everything because Google's got some great insights. I was like, what was the top 2022 resolution that people put in there? And it says, I want to focus on my passions. Better yet, I want to start a new hobby because we don't have enough time in our lives, so let's go ahead and start a new hobby. I want to read a book. That would be my wife. I want to go someplace I've never been. That would be me. I want to save more money. Who saved more money in 2022? I didn't think so. I want to go to bed every or, or go to bed earlier every night. Another one was do acts of random kindnesses. Give a compliment a day. Write down things that I'm grateful for every night. And be kind on social media. Let me tell you, we need a world where people are more kind on social media. That one needs to be a, not a New Year's resolution. That needs to be a declaration. Avoid negative people. Hey, honey, here's one for you. Turn off your phone at night. Stop gossiping. Drink more water. Work out to feel good or to lose weight. Those were like the top 2022 ones. And the average... New Year's resolution, I kind of laughed about it. Last about, how long do you think it lasts? Okay, my wife is a, a counselor, so she would know these kind of statistics. Yes, about a week. It says about 
one-third of people quit their New Year's resolution after the first week. Within the first month, over 50% of people have already given up on their New Year's resolution. Let me tell you, I tried to lose weight, and then last year I lasted one day. Man, you guys are tough. At least I got one laugh after that. Thanks, Brother Steve. That's a pity laugh there. 9% of people who make a New Year's resolution successfully complete it throughout the year. That's a scary thing to think about. But the truth is, many of us only make New Year's resolutions because we want to look back at the year and we realize that there's something that we are neglecting or something that we need to change. I sure enough every year look at the mirror and say, I need to lose the weight because I'm not a big, I'm a big guy. I want to get to be where I'm skinny as a twig and my wife looks at me and says, I got to put weight on. I'm weird, I know, I know. But the truth is, we need to think about life today. We need to think about where God is trying to lead us to today. Because life is too short, and we're not promised tomorrow. Can I say that again? Life is too short, and we are definitely not promised the things of tomorrow. All we're looking at and trying to walk through is in this life and in this journey is to try to find something that gives us hope. And I'm thankful we come to church and we can open up the Bible and we can read about our hope. But we live in a world where people don't look at those things. Better yet, we have people that come into church that don't even read the Bible, but yet they come in hoping that they're going to walk away with the fruit of the Spirit when God's not even touching them. And the change that we have to have is when we're looking at what we're lacking and saying, God, what can we change to make a difference? I was joking around with my girls the other day. I said, how do you know you got Jesus in you? They said, well, you've got to have the fruit of the Spirit. I said, well, do you have love? Yeah. Do you have joy? Becca looks at me and goes, Yes. I said, do you have patience? No. Well, then you don't have the fruit of the Spirit. I'm so vicious like that. I said, you need to go read the Bible more. You need to go connect with Jesus more. And they're like, meh. But that's my kids. But we're all struggling because we're lacking things. And the scripture this week that the Lord laid on my heart was one that, that many of us have read. And we're like, okay, how can I measure up or how can I look at it? But God kind of was speaking to me. And I, and I just want to just bring it to you. And it's out of Mark chapter 10. And many of you have heard it, like I've said. And it says, and as he was setting out on his journey, a man rode, uh, ran up and knelt before him and asked him, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good except for God alone. You know the commandments, do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not bear false witness, do not defraud, honor your father and mother. And he said, teacher, I have kept all of those from my youth. And Jesus, looking at him, loved him. And he said to him, you lack one thing. Go, sell all that you have and give it to the poor, and you will have the treasures in heaven. And come and follow me. And disheartened by, saying, by the saying, he went away sorrowful. For he had a great amount of possessions. You see, that scripture, everybody's always heard about it. It was always about money. Or always about something else that's going on. But one of the things that God was trying to tell me was, it takes place in our situation right now. 
Because we're at the very beginning. One, one, two, three. Man, that sounds weird. I didn't even think about that before I said that, Sister Amy. One, one, two, three. At one, January 1st, 2023. We're at the very beginning of the year, and it's time that we start asking questions. And those questions have the ability to transform us and transform things around us with what we are desiring to get into. You see the screens. Preparing our hearts for what God is going to do by giving. Honey, I got it. Don't worry about it. And what God was telling me is that we got to start flipping switches on. We got to start flipping the switches of the give on. And the first one is to be grieving. What do I mean? Grieving. What, what is their hope in grieving? I don't know about you, but grieving is one of those situations where I know I'm hurting. Grieving is one of those situations where I know I'm longing. Grieving is one of those situations where you are just trying to figure out how to get through it and you're looking for hope in all the wrong places, but yet you are trying to find the one true place that will give it all to you. Grieving. If you haven't figured it out yet, we're going to go through the word give and try to figure out how it can transform our lives and see God's purpose come into it. But first, what we have to do is ask ourselves, what does it take to get to the eternal reward where we get to hear, well done, my good and faithful servant? Those are hard questions that many of us don't want to. Many of us want to have like a Christmas uh, gospel. Lord, give me my gift and let me walk away and I'm good. But it's time for us to have a New Year's resolution kind of a gospel where we're not satisfied with what we had, but we're going to make the 9% and see it succeed. Where we're pursuing after God's true and awesome purposes in our lives. You see, by nature, we're not givers. If you don't believe me, look at kids. Bethany and Nora have been fighting over the one Christmas present that Nora's had that she's like, oh, this is mine. You can't play with it, sissy. No, this is mine. Let me tell you, that's a natural nature of humanistic abilities that are in us. But yet we learn to overcome it by watching everybody around us be a different nature. And that's what we're asking. We're asking us to, to learn to give something even greater. Not finances, not just, not just time, not just anything, but something deeper. And it's going to cause a grieving within you. It's going to cause some discomfort within you. Trust me. I've been going to physical therapy. They keep asking me, trust them. Let them bend my wrist a little bit more. Let them do this. Let them go through all these different motions. And I regret it every time because I'm like walking away going, it's swollen. It hurts. I don't want to touch it. Trust me, it hurts. I'm grieving about it. But I know in the long run, I'm going to have full use of my arm again. In the long run, there's going to be a change and, and, and a modification. It's called giving them the ability to do what they need to to make me better. Let me say this about marriage. Marriage is the same way. We have a segment of society that doesn't like marriage, but marriage is a giving and a taking kind of mentality. Key successes to marriage are communication that is clearly and oftenly given. It's giving thanks to your spouse when they've done good things, even when they've done bad things. Honey. 
It's about making time for each other. It's about being okay to disagree. It's about building trust and letting people earn the ability to earn the trust. It's about learning to forgive and give grace. You see, that's what Jesus is doing within our lives as he's trying to get us to learn to give. That's what he's trying to do to transform us, to get us a powerful transformation around us. But what we don't realize is, it's always going to start with you. Can I say that one more time? It's going to start with you. Everybody's always like, okay, I'll get on board when I get somebody else to follow, and then I'll go across with them. You know what I'm talking about. You know, Mama always said, what was it? If everybody jumped off a bridge, would you? No. I'd be the first one to do it. Can I just say it? Yeah. My wife would attest to it. She knows that I would. But the truth is, in order for us to grow, and in order for us to see change, in order for anything to happen, it starts with you. It's with your connection and your desire to give something to God that you've been holding back on. Something that, that's been holding you to where it's hostage, where you're like, I want to go closer to you, God. But it's like a chain holding you back saying, I can't let it go because if I let it go, I lose my comfort. And what God is saying is, I know you're grieving. I know you're hurting. I know that there's a doubt within you. I know there's a discomfort within you. But it's time to let the relationship that I'm longing for be the thing that transforms it. You have to give it to me. You have to trust me. And that's why I love this, this, this scripture where the young man is looking at Jesus and he walks up to him and he says, Good teacher. Let me tell you right now, if I ever told my wife, Hey, honey. You're awesome. You are beautiful. You're perfect just the way you are. You know what she's going to look at me and say? What do you want? What have you done? Okay, if you've not been married or you've never been in a relationship, you've got to learn something real quick. Do not go up to your spouse and say, or your, your relationship person, and you say, you're so awesome. Because you already are digging yourself in some deep water. And that's why I love it. This young man's walking up going, good teacher. Hey, Jesus, you're awesome. I'm looking for what I want, but I'm going to try to get it by being nice and, and, and go up to you and say, give me what I want, but I don't want it to hurt. So good teacher, how can I earn this? And he's like, why do you call me good? Let me tell you, when we go up to Jesus a lot of times in our prayer lives, and we're like, good teacher, Jesus, you're awesome. You're a good, good father. That's who you are. You're a good, good teacher, Jesus. That's who you are. And he's like, what are you calling me good when you're not even following after what I'm trying to pursue? You're not even walking with me. You're walking in your own direction, and you only come to me when you want something. See, that's the grieving part that we come across. Because so often we take Christianity for, for, for granted. We take Christ for granted. We're so often we're walking this life where we're trying to do our own thing. We're trying to, to find our own path. And we only want to come to Jesus when it's time for Christmas. We all want to go to the cross when it's Easter. We all want to do little things like that just because it gets us through. 
But yet there's a truth in there that we have to realize that we're going to start grieving something so great when we really start pursuing after the one who died for us. When we start realizing that he lives for us still today because he was rose from the dead. There's something with us when we go up to him and we don't just say, Jesus, you're so good. When we come up to him and we truly kneel on our knees and say, Lord, you're worthy of it all. I'm a mess. I'm torn apart. I need you to show me what it is. I know I'm trying to find something, but the only answer that I'm ever going to find is never going to come just from a good teacher. You know, way too many of us look for the good teacher instead of the awesome Savior. Way too many of us are, are trying to find the good answer instead of the grieving answer. So many of us are trying to find the good answer that will give us the pat on the back and give us the accolades that we want. When what God is trying to say is it's not about the accolades anymore. It's always going to be about the power that's going to come in there to cause a transformation. And let me tell you, when we start trying to find the transformation, it hurts. But it's time for us to give in to it. Quit trying to walk around in a legalistic societal idea of what religion is. Like the young man where he says, I've done all the commandments, Jesus, since I was a youth. Jesus, I showed up at church on Sunday once a month. Jesus, mama dragged me to church. Jesus, grandma and grandpa brought me to church with McDonald's. Jesus, I read your Bible two verses a day. I never read the whole Bible. I just read the same two verses all my life. It's radically transformed my life. Jesus, I've done this, I've done that. I didn't curse no, my mama out. And Jesus, I didn't kill nobody this year. What Jesus is trying to say is there's some grieving issues that's going to happen because what we think about a religious aspect of what Christ is trying to get us to do isn't always the answer. It isn't always the answer. Because a religious idea will give us a good way. But I want the pure way. I want to see purpose. Church, I've been praying for this thing called revival to happen in this church. I've been praying for revival to happen where we start seeing seats full, where we start seeing the streets saved, where we start seeing people walk in and get laid out in the spirit. I've been praying that God would do some miraculous things. But every time I pray about it, all God keeps saying is it starts with you. And I'm like, God, I'm good, right? And he says, no, you are far from good. You have some issues here. you got to start working on that. And he keeps saying, the church is the same way. Somebody asked me, how often do you guys hear the Spirit speak? I said, oh, we've done it once or twice, I think, recently. Outside of our private prayer times, we don't see him moving in the manifestations that he's called to do and often does because we're struggling. Because we're struggling. Because we've walked this life and we said that we've walked a good life. Because we thought we've got it all answered. Because we thought we had it all put together. Because we thought it was all going to be great. But what God is trying to tell us today is that in order to start 2023 off right, we've got to start grieving with something really fierce within us. Not just the things that we can lose. but with a purpose to be grieving for the things that we're going to gain. 
The things that we can grow into. I'm sorry. I'm not going to be satisfied any longer just to watch people keep going down the wrong path in our society any longer. God's not satisfied with the, the idea that we'll have a small remnant anymore. He wants to see the church on fire in the United States once again. He wants to see us all in our seats on fire. But that's only going to happen is when we start asking the hard questions. Not what I, must I do to get into heaven, Lord. What must I do where I can be a, what I call a guardrail Christian? Where I can walk this fine line, not falling into the fiery furnace, but I can walk right close to it, to where I can enjoy the things that I think I need to enjoy. When God's trying to tell you, it's time to get up a little higher up on your step. It's time to start getting up on the mountaintop experiences and start pursuing after the things of God greater than the things of this world. It causes a grieving within us. It's time for the church to start making a resolution that says, I'm not good anymore. I want to start walking to see the perfection that Christ does within me. And if we could do that, we will see the difference. The power that comes from it. But yet we often, still too often, want to come up and say, good teacher, what must I do? Must I just do the commandments? Must I just do what, it, what, it, what the basic requirement is or must I go deeper? And what Jesus said to the young man is something that we need to take to heart today. You might do all of those things, but there's one thing still missing. One thing. And often that one thing seems like it's the hardest thing to get rid of. The one thing, the hardest thing to get rid of. This young man, the hardest thing for him to get rid of was his wealth. Because he had such a large amount to it. Let me tell you, a poor man will give away his poor amount because it's so easy because he doesn't hold it to high esteem. He might hold something else even higher up. And that's where we're getting at. You see, it's going to cause a grieving when we start giving it to Christ. It's going to cause a grieving because it's going to hurt a lot more this year with what was going to be required to see his power and his purpose to be exposed in your life. It's going to hurt because what God is trying to say is it doesn't matter how bad it hurts. He's still greater than that. It doesn't matter how much you might regret it. It's going to still see greatness in it. And that's where I'm trying to get at. What God has been speaking in my spirit is a word that says it's time for us to give. It's time to hold on a little deeper. It's time to give a little bit more. It's time to start saying, I'm not satisfied any longer with where I'm at today. God, show me how to go deeper. God, show me how to be greater. God, show me how to, to, to see what you want to do in this world and be the vessel and the beacon, Lord, that can do just what you called me to do. Help me to give for your purpose. Because one thing I've learned is, is when we start asking those dangerous questions, it's going to be some dangerous answers. I'm going to tell you right now, these are some dangerous questions that we're going to start asking. 
And they're going to cause some dangerous answers. I told my wife, I said, honey, I will never say one prayer ever in my life again. And that is God only open the one door you want me to walk through ever again. Because I lived seven months where I prayed that prayer and God shut every single door until the one door that was meant to be open was open. One door. Dangerous prayers. God, take our lives and wreck us. To get ready. If he's going to wreck it, he's going to wreck it good. Get ready. God, break my heart for what breaks yours. If he's going to break it, he's going to break it, and it's going to be good. It's going to hurt. God, show me the glory that you want to do and get ready. It's going to be so bright, you're not going to want to stand in it. There are going to be moments in our lives when we start asking and praying that God does something miraculous. It's going to hurt. And that's only going to come when we give. And it's only going to come when we pursue. It's only going to come when we're fully sold in. And what I'm trying to say is it's time to be all in. No more guardrails. No more fine lines. No more half in and half out. Half cold, half whatever. Lukewarm Christianity. What I'm calling for and what God has been speaking to my spirit is it's time for us to be so hot on fire for God that we're like, God, let the fire on my altar. Let me be the fire that's on the altar. Let me be burning up for whatever gives you the glory, Lord. Let it be so hot that everybody sees it. Let it be so hot that it's so contagious that people start picking it up. God, let it hurt so much that people start going, why is he so joyful even in the sorrow? It's time for us to be so open and ready for what God is going to do that we'll go deeper and go further than we ever have. It's time for us to stop looking around and saying, I'm going to hurt and I'm going to lose this or that. It's time to say, I'm done with this filthiness. I'm done with these rags. I'm ready to see the riches and the glory of God's glory. It's time for us to quit looking with what we can keep, but it's time to be fully all in and all purpose of what he wants to do. Better yet, it's time to take all the licks that God wants to give us and count it as joy. James 1 says, count in all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. Better yet, let me change up what James is trying to say. When you ask for God to come in and change you, he's going to give it to you. But count it as all joy, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Lacking nothing. See, there was another man in the Bible that had to turn away and leave it all behind. His name was Elisha. Elijah came up to him and said, hey, you're going to follow me. Here's my mantle. And he's like, I got to go say goodbye to my mom and dad. And he says, if you do that, don't even follow me. And so what did he do? He cut all the oxen up, offered them as a burnt offering. Basically, took away his whole lifestyle that he could never walk back into and says, I'm done with it all. I'm all in. We need to have that same mind state because only then and only truly then can we start seeing the goodness of what God is going to be saying. Because the word that God has given me for 2023 comes out of Jeremiah 30. It says, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, Write in the book all these words that I have spoken to you. For behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will restore the fortunes of my people. Says the Lord, I will bring them back to the land and I will give them their fathers and I will take possession of it yet again. God is trying to say is it's time for us to be the church that steps forward. 
It's time for us to be the church that says, I'm done with whatever hurts. God, give it to me. I'm done with whatever is going to go because the promises of his coming is coming soon. And it's time for us to get this land back into possession again. That does not mean just here in Youngstown. It doesn't mean in Struthers. It doesn't just mean in Boardman. It's time for us to start praying for our lost loved ones with a grieving spirit that they will find salvation yet again. It's time for us to start asking God to show us his wonders. It's time for him to start doing his purpose. But it's time for us to let us know it starts with us. It starts with every single one of us with that declaration that says, yes, Lord, send me. Like Isaiah did in his dream where he was in the throne room. Whom shall we send? Yes, Lord, send me. I don't care. I might be unclean, but you will make me clean. Send me, send me, God, send me. It's time to let the hurt of what God wants to expose in our lives be the thing that transforms us to see what the power is going to come. But it's always going to start with your giving. Your sacrifice of saying, God, I'm done. Use it. If you'll stand with me this morning. I think I skipped about 50 pages of notes. But God's using the message the way he wants to. I want to open up the altars this morning. I want to have you all come down. I want to pray over every single one of you in this church this morning that God will do one thing. He will transform 2023 to the year that you see his glorious goodness showing through your life.